The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me the proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do hear in your native place the things that we have heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow, Zephra, in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through in the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Chris Durbin said that I should preach a hellfire and brimstone homily this morning. You think it's cold in here, it's warmer where you're going if you don't shape up. Just kidding. (laughs) And all were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. But when the people heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill to hurl him down headlong. What an absolutely crazy turn of events. Dear sweet Jesus is standing in the midst of his family, the midst of his hometown, the place where he grew up, and his relatives and friends are quite happy to see their old pal, the town star come back from his journeys. Well, at least until Jesus decides to be Jesus and break open the words to those gathered. You can almost taste the excitement in the room as the pride and star of that old hick town, backcountry Nazareth, steps up into the middle of the room. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Wait a moment. That's not the scripture passage that we expected to hear. That's a messianic text. Why did he just read that? We're just simple country folk here in Nazareth. We don't have any of that highfalutin big shots from Jerusalem here. Who does he think that he is? And rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. 
He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. Whoa, hang on, buddy. You're telling us that you're the Messiah? You are the one bringing in the new year of Jubilee, restoring us to right relationship with God? No way, you can't be the Messiah. We grew up with you. We know you. You're, you're just the son of Joseph and Mary. You're simple like us. You have no armies. You have no power. Yes, Jesus, you can give a good speech, and we've heard that you can work miracles. But really? The Messiah? No way. You're just like us. You're one of us. And that, friends, is the root of the drama in today's gospel. You're one of us. In other words, you're familiar to us. And Jesus is indeed one of us. Jesus took on our humanity, and here in the midst of his relatives and friends, he says what he knows. What we know, yes, it is true. Even the prophets were not accepted in their own town. It's hard to look at someone we've grown up with, someone we're familiar with, and see in them the answer to our prayers. It's hard to look sometimes at this Jewish carpenter's son from Nazareth and see in him the Messiah. It's hard to look at our God naked and hanging on a cross and think, he did that for me, so that I might willing, be willing to take up my own cross and do that in turn for him. Brothers and sisters, our relationship with the Lord must be one of familiarity. He must always be a part of our lives. Yet we must be cautious. Because as the saying goes, familiarity breeds contempt. Being so close to the story of Jesus in our time and age of news and readily available information can cause us to easily put Jesus on the back burner. We can be like the people of Nazareth, and when the Lord calls us to have faith, to walk out onto the stormy seas of life with him, to repent of our sins and change our ways, to turn once more to God, Brothers and sisters, we can look at the Lord with contempt. We can look at him with disgust and seek to toss him off the many cliffs of our lives, choosing instead to remain with our selfish desires. But the Lord Jesus always meets us there on those cliffs. The Lord Jesus walks to the edge with us, and he invites us to not throw him off, but instead to welcome him into the homes of our hearts. So how do we change? How do you and I make our relationship with the Lord something new, something fresh? How can we invite the Lord into the homes of our hearts and lives? Simply, we give ourselves over to him in love. We frequently approach his mercy and love, his forgiveness in the sacrament of reconciliation, allowing ourselves to be forgiven and helping us to forgive others who have wronged us. We come to Mass every Sunday more if we're able to, we don't allow the gospel to be only proclaimed and fulfilled here on Sunday, but we live it out every day at home, at work, at school. I've been talking with couples in marriage prep lately about the need at times to freshen up their relationship with each other. You married couples know what that's like. Relationships, as we know, can grow stagnant rather quickly, especially when you're around that person all of the time. Once infatuation and the honeymoon stage wears off, you have to live with the person until one of you dies. So what do you do? 
Psychologist John Gottman created what he calls salsa cards, cards that have an idea on them for changing your relationship up a little bit. Things like turning off the phone and talking to one another for 20 minutes, putting a blanket in the middle of the living room and having an indoor picnic. Things which are seemingly normal, but enable a couple to change their normal interaction just a little bit so that they can rediscover each other in a new way. The same is true for our relationship with the Lord. At times, we have to have salsa with Jesus. At times, yes, we have to shake it up. At times, we have to look at our prayer routine and say, this doesn't fit me anymore. I've been praying the same way for the past 15 years and I'm not growing. I need to change. This is becoming too familiar. Or we look at our schedule and say, I think for Lent this year, I can come to Tuesday evening mass and just go home and eat dinner 15 minutes later. Familiarity breeds contempt. If we stay stagnant in our relationship with the Lord, when he asks us to change, when he asks us to come home, to repent, to, we risk choosing the easy way out and tossing him off the cliff of, I know you, Jesus. You're always around and you're one of us. So be familiar with the Lord. Know him intimately. Allow his love to penetrate your lives so that you might know him and love him well. But don't allow that familiarity to stay stagnant. Allow your relationship with the Lord to change. And when he comes and asks something more of you this week, have the courage to walk down the cliff with him and invite him to visit you in the home of your heart. And there, there allow his words to be fulfilled in your hearing.